Hey friends, welcome back to this next episode of Tiny Little Victories. I'm your host, Jennifer Kite-Powell, and today we are going to be talking to Anko Scholta Terhorst. Okay, my mouth just doesn't want to make all those Dutch letters, but he is Dutch. Yes, there is yet another Dutchman on this podcast. You can see I kind of lean towards them because they kind of are my favorite tech entrepreneur people out there. I don't know why. Maybe because when I first moved to Europe, I landed in Amsterdam and those are the people that sort of took me in. But anyway, Anko is the co-founder and CEO of Freedom Internet, which is a new internet service provider in the Netherlands that is taking on the big guys like KPM. And he is truly in a David and Goliath situation. And he's going to talk about why he ended up here and why it's important to protect our privacy and the customer's privacy, which I think this is a very important topic today. So he's sort of taking us through perhaps maybe capitalism 2.0. Can you still run a company, be profitable, but still do the right thing for us? And he believes that it's true. He didn't start his career that way though. He had always wanted to own his own company when he was a young lad. And so he sort of jumped feet first into the water, literally, because a friend of his, they owned a vessel management company, Marine Vessel Management Company in West Africa, of which he talks about and says was a big mistake. But you probably learn a lot from your mistakes. And he has a very extremely varied background. He's a software architect. He was a CFO. And now he is what I would say an entrepreneur um, in Freedom Internet. So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation with him. He's very interesting. And yes, of course, he's Dutch. So of course we touch a talk on Dutch food. So I feel like this is helping you in your travel. So when you go to the Netherlands, go back and listen to all these podcasts. And you can hear all the Dutch food that you need to eat. Okay, stay tuned for Anko. Well, hello, everybody out there around the world. Thank you for coming back to another episode of Tiny Little Victories. I am your host, Jennifer Kite-Powell, and I have a very interesting guest with me today from The Hague in the Netherlands, and this is Anko Schulte. Wait, wait, wait a minute, Anko. Anko Schulte te Horst. Almost How bad is perfect. that? Almost okay. perfect. <laughs> Almost perfect. Say your name for us just without it, my murdering it. Yeah, well, it's it's... Almost impossible for non-Dutch native speakers, <laughs> okay. but it's Anko Scholte ter Horst. Oh, that's so much better. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I had a friend was on last night, and his uh, Mark de Kock, and he was like, "That's good enough. Just let it fly out like that." <laughs> but uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. You're you're talking very late on a Friday night from The Hague, and just by the way, I absolutely love saying the word the Hague because anytime you put the word the in front of something it just makes it so serious such a serious place <laughs> it's a nice place though it is it's so beautiful it's one of my favorite cities but to everybody out there Anko is a such a interesting person because he is the CEO of Freedom Internet and we're going to talk a little bit about what that means but before we do you got to understand this man's background he has a you have a lot of very long experience in like I guess offshore and subsea companies and oil and gas. And um, I just see a lot of like sea words and offshore words in your, in your bio. And you actually were 
the owner, the co-owner of Oceanex Offshore for a really long time. So can we talk a little bit about your marine focus on <laughs> where this sort of evolution from this very long career in what looks like management and offshore investment company to what led you to Freedom Internet? Well, let me first start that my original background is in ICT. Okay. Uh, I, I was I was uh, graduated as a software engineer. So, and in the first period of my life, I also worked in that area, in that field. Uh, but at, I always had the feeling I want a company of my own. Uh, I, I want to be... I like that. Yeah, I want to do something, but I had no clue what to do. Really no clue. <laughs> I just know I want my own company, but I had no plan whatsoever. I so, love that. I think yeah. that's sort of, I'm hearing that a lot. It's like either you have a plan or you're like, I know I need a company, but I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So what happened is that um, suddenly I got the opportunity with a, with a business partner, a friend of mine, uh, that we could uh, to go, take over a, a vessel management company. Hmm. And uh, Like a boat? A vessel management. Vessel is management. That, and what you do yeah. is there's a, a owner of a vessel and they, they give the management to you and you have just to arrange everything from maintenance wow. to logistics. And I had no clue about it. Really, I didn't <laughs> know anything about it. But there was a chance we could do that. Uh, uh, that friend of mine had a bit more knowledge of that field. So we decided, just mm -hmm. no, okay, let's do it. And what could possibly go wrong? Quite, quite a lot. You start some, quite a lot went wrong. Okay, tell me yeah, what, what, how, what, what, what things went wrong? I mean, things uh, you everything. expected or like, oh, everything. Yeah, we okay. had a we, we, we didn't know what we were doing. We had somehow <laughs> a fake idea, but it was was uh, we had no experience in the fields and yeah. and to make it even worse, we started this company out in West Africa, where oh we goodness. also were not that familiar with the with with the local culture and so it was wow. a lot of new challenges that uh, so is that's... seriously bold like that's just like a massively bold move okay we're going to start a company we know nothing about and we're going to do it in a country that's so remote and so detached from anything we could possibly know i mean i almost feel like i should applaud you for that because that's <laughs> what a good entrepreneur risk taker does right you take a chance yeah it, it was <laughs> yeah i'm not sure <laughs> If, looking back, I won't do it again. I wouldn't do it again. But, <laughs> uh, but to be honest, it took us two years, and okay. then things start moving in the right way. We we uh, we're we're able to find a lot of people with a lot of experience that thought of things. Um, we decided to invest uh, in our own vessels. There were hmm. some business angels that helped us uh, because they said, "Okay, guys, you know you don't know shit," but. <laughs> We're going to help you because in the end, your plan is solid. Wow. Okay. So, uh, so they helped us. And in the end, uh, yeah, that, that was the start that the things start growing. And uh, we so finally you did know what you earned were doing. some money. So you, you did know what you were doing in the end. In the end, yes. Yeah. In the end. How, let me ask you this. Like you went to investors and they said, yeah, we'll give you some money because yeah, you don't know what you're doing, but you kind of, your plan is good. I mean, is vessel management a, growing concern is is that a thing and is that something that's like like you said in west africa but what that could be anywhere right like any vessel that would need any it marine could be vessel anywhere that, but oh, we chose west africa also okay. did because there it was still in a development phase 
Uh-huh, good uh, so there it was easier to start than, let's say, in our own country, where you had to fight with all already established companies. Mm, so yeah. it, for us, it was easier to get there. And, and we, liked, we liked a bit of adventure, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you, deep <laughs> down, I'm feeling that you really do. <laughs> and uh, so this, this was, and, and it, yeah, at, at the end, that went quite well uh, after a couple of years. And that made it possible to uh, invest in some other companies and, and, and start growing from there. Okay. And that was how, because, I mean, I think when you see a lot of, you know, continued like around the same thing, like ocean, subsea, and you see that over a long period of time, it's like, wow, you're really an expert in all of this offshore vessel management uh market which i'm fascinated by now and now i really want to look into this and what's happening in in west africa but yeah. you made a shift though about three years ago into um the freedom internet which is your new company the ceo of this company and what moved you from what you were doing into the, what was it about the internet that you felt you had to go make this what was what was bothering you what did you want to fix Okay, well, the, the first a little bit of going a couple of years back, okay. uh, because before I started my own company, the last couple of years, I was working for an internet company in the Netherlands called Access oh, okay. for All, which okay. was a famous uh, con uh, internet service provider in the Netherlands. And I moved over, but these colleagues uh, from that period, I always kept in contact with. Mm. And uh, Access for All was a very special company, which was... Uh, always an internet provider that not only wanted to deliver the quality service, but also was concerned about privacy and security mm -hmm. uh, on, on what's happening. And that became more and more important. Now, the company was sold to one of the big uh, telecom co uh, companies oh. in the Netherlands called KPN wow. already okay, quite KPN, some time yeah. ago, yeah, but really had big. a sort of independent uh, behavior all the time. And that came to an end in 2019. In February 2019, the, the, the CEO from KPN, the big telecom company, said, mm -hmm. okay, uh, we have all these brands, so we have all those separate companies. We go all to turn it in one, one brand, one brand strategy. And so we stopped the Access for All brand and the whole company because it was still a separate company. And then a couple of uh, old colleagues from Access for All and some people that were still currently working there, I said, okay, um, that's a shame because there's, this is the only company in the Netherlands that still uh, has opinion about privacy and security mm. on the internet. That's going to disappear. And yeah. they have their own, own sound. And there were a lot of customers that were there already 20, 25 years customer and were wow. even prepared to pay the, some extra money before because of this mission wow that's that's dedication that's dedication so what happened is that uh there was an uh, action committee a, a, a yeah a, a committee that said okay we have to try to stop kpn from this plan mm -hmm. and, i like where uh, this is going mm -hmm. yeah so there was a lot of protests uh and um the people that started this this movement this this committee uh, I knew them, so I called them up and said, hey, guys and girls, can I help you? <laughs> and uh, they say, uh, said, okay, uh, what can you do to help? I said, I have, I have no clue. Where do you need help with? <laughs> I said, we don't have a, a clue because there's no plan yet. <laughs> so 
that You're was like, a good this is start. My kind of, these are my kind of people. These are my kind of people, right? So just let, uh, make some noise. Let's start. So we started yeah. a petition, uh, online petition that went viral. Uh, and then uh, we made a lot of noise in the media and it, we got a lot of attention on that. And that led in the end that uh, I and uh, Kirsten, uh, an old former colleague also from, from Access for All, uh, came to, into talks with uh, KPN, trying to discuss with the CEO why this was a bad plan. Well, it was, there was a lot of talks and things, and we, we saw in the end that it was not going anywhere. This yeah. company was doomed. Ugh. So that makes us think about, okay, then we have to have an alternative plan. We call it mm -hmm. plan B. Uh, so what, what if we found a new, brand new internet service provider in this difficult telecom market, which is based on quality, privacy, security, is completely mission focused and uh, it's a pure impact company and where we make it so that it can never be sold again to a big uh, telecom provider uh, for profits or whatever. So can we make in itself a profitable company but purely impact mission based focused? So there is less focus on shareholder value. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that was the idea. I love this idea because, I mean, it's almost like socially conscious corporate building, right? I mean, yeah. I think you hear a lot of times in the entrepreneur world, the first thing they say is, I can't wait to get acquired, right? And almost don't care. But you don't really see this attention to like, hey, let's preserve something. Let's create something. You yeah. know, maybe you don't need to be. And it, it seems to be a trend. You know, you can look around and see a lot of a lot of companies like that. I mean, we can use, we can list some very bad use cases right now. You can see right now happening in the market, but I think the, that's so interesting about a new ISP sort of evolving up out of something that it, it couldn't change. So it just created its own value proposition. And yeah. you, you're calling this a uh, pure mission impact driven. And I, I really like that, that turn of phrase. Yeah, because we, and it, we have thought lo a, lot, a lot about it, for how, how are we going to organize this? Eh? Because mm -hmm. you, in the end, we need money eh, to, yeah. to start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we don't want a, a huge investor that wants return on investments yeah. within period X, Y, Z. So how, how are we going to do this? We, and so what we did is we, we structured the company as, okay, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a regular company in itself, but the shareholder is a foundation oh okay a non-profit non foundation and that foundation uh owns the shares and and one share which is very important in particular that's the golden share that has the ultimate voting right a v uh, like a veto and um and the, and the, the 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 foundation has two tasks one is just overseeing that the company itself keeps on its mission, mission mm -hmm. and acts on what we call the corporate charter, where we describe that. Yep. And the second is, if there is any way in the future we make a lot of profit and there's some, some dividend payments or whatever, they can use that to support uh, other uh, initiatives on the internet that fits within that mission. Oh, that uh, with the, and within the corporate charter, I would imagine, or no, just the yeah. mission. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, that's that's how we did that. 
and wow. uh, then we needed money uh, because <laughs> the foundation itself has no money. Yeah. Uh, so we did what we do. So okay, we have a lot of support out there from customers, from uh, su- suppliers. Uh, we start a crowdfunding campaign. This is amazing. Uh, and when was that? So we did that in in, uh, in the end of 2019. We started okay. a crowdfunding campaign, uh, which was for the Netherlands at that time, the one of the most successful uh, uh, campaigns. So you we guys s- really know how to do things right. I was telling someone that the other day, if you want it done right, get a Dutch person to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I think crowdfunding was not invented by the Dutch, but I no, think it's an uh, American invention. It is, but using it to get what you needed was smart, which to me is very Dutch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was very successful. So we raised our, our, our uh, start capital of two and a half million euros in uh, three days. Wow. And, and, uh, and it was all a lot of really crowdfunding. So a lot of people just 200, 300 euros and mm-hmm. it was perfect. So, and they're all immediately also uh, uh, potential customers. So that is, that is great. What was your, well, I mean, were you going back to the people of, back to the clients of Access for All or? Yeah. Did were you able to even go beyond that scope with access for all with all the the, the sort of protests and the the pitching to KPM? Were you, was it people that had never been with access for all and people that felt like this is a new way to run and manage a company, new way to run and manage an ISP? So like the big David and Goliath type setup. Yeah, the David and Goliath is a very good uh, uh, comparison. <laughs> And where a yeah. lot of people said, okay, this is a nice initiative. I want to support that. Of course, there yeah. was a large group of access for all customers that did it, mm-hmm. but uh, it's not only them. And we had a lot of media attention from that David and Goliath battle that yeah. found yeah. Was very interesting for the media. Yeah, so, I bet. Uh, th- that gives us a, a flying start. Yeah, in the crowdfunding campaign, I'd imagine it's the perfect it's the perfect storm, really. You know, yeah, like. Try to have conversations with a big company, try to come to the table and you have big, bad company not seeing the benefits of these things to its own customers through this other company. And then just writing that through a crowdfunding campaign, you couldn't ask for anything better, really. No, so 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 far we did, uh, because that was our start uh, uh, capital. But in the mm-hmm. end, we, of course, that was not enough. So we, we have done now three campaigns and they were all successful, all to uh, the maximum uh, amount of money. So the last one we did uh, last November. Okay. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so currently we were 100% founded by pure crowdfunding. Um, and that is, um, yeah, yeah that's very happy. It, so, yeah, I bet you were very happy. I mean... I think you have a pattern here in terms of like knowing you want to do something, thinking you have a plan, having all the pieces sort of fall together to execute on that plan. Well, yeah. what's happening with the company now? Have you started? Are you, are you still? Are you work? Is it live or active? Or yeah, 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 yeah. We're, customers. We're fully I mean, that we, is we, amazing. We we uh, raised the capital in November two thousand nineteen, and we started connecting first customers with internet services. Uh, in May two, 2020. So that was... That's pretty fast. That was pretty fast. It was hard work uh, yeah. because we also had a, a, a bit of a COVID uh, issues uh, coming on. So we <laughs> oh, had to yes, do it like... all from home. Oh my God. So wait, 
let's you're right you were talking about 2019 the last one in may 2020 so you basically started a new isp during covid yep we did <laughs> i mean if that's not a success story i don't know what is that's just like i wish i had a button that did applause because i would just be <laughs> applauding you right now i probably do have a button that does applause. Uh, it was we, we were, it was not easy i can i had yeah. i lost a but, lot of sleep at that time <laughs> what did you what what part of any part of that like journey that you were on where you lost all of your sleep did it take you back to when you were first starting in this first vessel management in west africa or do you find yeah, that, sure sure yeah. you know because <laughs> it's cool to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, i guess you're thinking, I mean, ah, that's the, when when people ask me can you set up a new isp and i thought oh that's not an easy job but right. how cool is this? Yeah. There's no way I can say no to this. I see. I see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how could you? Like, it's literally unheard of. Yeah. So uh, it, it was, it, it's, it's like an adventure. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a bit um, against all odds. Uh, yes. Trying yes. to do like, something. And, yeah. And, and that is great fun. And, and, and I love to do such crazy things. I love that. And I love that you're also, I love to do crazy things. I, I actually think that that's part of probably why it's successful because you got to have, you got to love what you do, right? You got to have passion. Sure. And the fact that this didn't really have a clear path, but it did have a clear path and you made it happen, I think is just the perfect example of, you know, loving what you do. Like you just said yeah. like three times, it's so cool to do it. And yeah. I, I love that because what's the point of getting up every day if you're not loving it, you know, doing something cool. What, that, that's the whole point. Um, and, yeah. And so, so what what are, you, what are some of the what are some of the, the what are some of the your, the company's missions? Like you had mentioned a corporate charter, and I really love that you said earlier, like to never be sold to a big company again. But yeah. what are some of the things that you feel differentiate Freedom Internet from other ISPs? Obviously, big companies like KPN could never compete on that level. No, we we have a very clear uh, uh, way of working that we say mm -hmm. okay. For example, what is in our core is that we work by privacy by design. So every mm. service that we develop, whatever we do with every technical thing we deliver uh, to clients, it's built up with privacy in mind from scratch. Uh, so we also work as much as we can do with open source software. Uh, mm. We, we uh, try to do a lot of things thereby by ourselves that doesn't make it always easy so we you take sometimes <laughs> a difficult route yeah. but it's it's I the right way to do it less, i would expect nothing less of you anko to take a difficult route <laughs> no but it's that's in, in a mission eh? so uh, we, yeah. we we take that very seriously uh, uh and and that goes from technical uh, way of doing things but also on the commercial side or marketing way of doing things uh, if we say okay we have this newsletter we sent out mm. okay if we send out a newsletter, let's make sure there is no tracking pixel in there. There's no traces mm. whatsoever. We don't do that. Yeah, um, that's so good. So we don't like profiling of, of, of uh, users. We don't ask clients uh, for gender uh, because why should I How do, What does that matter to have you use the internet exactly? Yeah, it doesn't really matter. So I don't want to know. Yeah. Uh, so everything, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of little things. Some There are yeah. big things technically, but there's also a lot of these little things that are important to do how you, how you look at the internet world. And 
at the moment, uh, and, and we are thinking, you know, a lot of uh, internet solutions currently are, and, and a lot of it is dictated now by the big tech companies, mm-hmm. uh, which worry me a bit and a lot of yeah. our users also. So we also think, that, uh, you know, I'm not against that somebody uses uh, a big tech company solution, uh, but there should be also good alternatives. Yes, I agree. Uh, and I think you bring up a very, very good point here about, um, I, I think that sometimes consumers just give information without mm-hmm. thinking. They've asked for it. Here it is. I'm going to put it up there, you know, because you're blindly checking your Apple phone or your Android yep. phone for updates. You're not even looking and reading. And I think maybe we've become, it's such a behavior, it's a behavior and it's hard to change a behavior. And now, and now what you guys are saying is that, look, I don't need this information to give you internet. And what the, the consumer issue for me, and like, I agree with you about these big tech companies. Why do you need to know all that? So they can sell you something, so they can track you, so they can or, or, change or, or their services. Or trade the data they have. Or, yeah, it's trade, exact, trade the data you have. That's a really good point. And I, I, I don't, I use, well, I use DuckDuckGo mm-hmm. um, here. Same here. So because I don't want, I want as few things tracked as absolutely possible. And I actually just went to your website and I love that just for the audience, everyone to know, there's this fantastic picture of an older gentleman on the sofa with a headset, with a hand, with a game controller in his hand. (laughs) He's the happiest person I've ever seen on the entire planet. He has very cool shoes on. And important to know is that it's a real customer of us. Oh, really? I love that. I love this guy. Because we we have said from the beginning, if we use uh, photos... Or uh, mm. we, we make commercials, we use our employees, our customers of our company, real people, no actors, no, no models, nothing. I think that's nothing. great. Yeah. What, what do you think people can do, consumers can do to sort of demand more of this? I mean, obviously, it's just an NL, but I mean, how are people shifting their behavior, do you see, in the Netherlands and switching over to you from the big tech company and the big providers? Slowly. Uh, okay. It's a process. Uh, what do you think slows what, people down? Well, um, it's a burden. You have to do something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, we're that's so lazy, it. aren't we? We, yeah. You know, <laughs> if it works, it works. And uh, why should I yeah. sh- uh, switch? It's I have to. Oh, yeah. I have this uh, email address from this ISP, which I used on on hundreds of sites to log in, and I have to change that. Ah, oh, too much hassle. Mm. Ah, yeah. We have we are really bad because we do that, and yet we download every new app that comes into the phone, and we put a password in. And you have I, I don't, but I see people complaining about it. I'm like, well, don't put it on your phone then. Don't put it on your computer then. You don't have to have it. Yeah. So it's 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 a. Uh, but what I do see is uh, here is a growing more concern, not only with with with, what because lots of people always saw, said to me it's more. The older people that start worrying about it, they have mm. privacy minded. What people, what all these companies do with my data, and why don't yeah. do they need all this data? Uh, younger people just click on okay, accept, whatever. Yeah, um, I know. Uh, but I do see a, a growing concern also with younger people on, yeah, well, I'm, I'm okay. I'm <laughs> discomfort. There's a sense of discomfort. There's a discomfort. I think that's a good yeah. word. Yeah. And, and, and that's the first stage of, okay, uh, 
then also looking for alternative solutions. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's I would easier imagine also for companies. Yeah, uh, I'm now because we started out for consumers, and we're now starting also uh, for more small or medium-sized companies uh, to do services. Mm-hmm. For the most company, it's it's easier to just go to. Office 365 or Google Suite or uh, a big tech uh, solution to do mm-hmm. your email and your mm-hmm. storage online or whatever. Um, but we're really trying to give alternatives to, for that and develop that based on open source. Yeah. And I think just because this is the way it's been done, does it mean the way it has to continue to be done this way? Yes. And, and, and I hope that more of these companies and, and uh, will come also at companies with a mission and, 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 and impact focused, that, that that's a mm-hmm. nice trend to see. And I see some more and more initiatives that follow that path. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's still a bigger challenge because sometimes you still need an investor or a bank to, to, yeah. to support you financially. And they are still not used to this kind of business model with a foundation as shareholder. So yeah, that makes it sometimes difficult. Yeah, I mean, I think you are definitely, you know, you're blazing, you're, you're a disruptor, you're, you're creating yeah. discomfort, I think, in a way, which yeah. is good, because I do think, you know, traditional investors, they just really want to know what the end game on money is, you know, and, yeah. I, and I think we've seen that that is a burden to our system and so many collapses right and left across the board, fast money, crypto, SVB, you know, Credit Suisse, like, it's it's not a sustainable model anymore, and I I love what you said earlier about sort of the younger generation is having this level of discomfort, and I I'm not sure, you know, if you could get in your wayback machine and go back when Facebook started, and then all of a sudden everyone got completely addicted to it. By the way, I remember Hives. I was living in the Netherlands when <laughs> Hives yes. was there with the um, banana. <laughs> yes, thought it was so cool. Um, would you? I mean, and people knew what they would na- knew what they knew now. I wonder if they would be so eager just to give everything away because I now see my data and my privacy as a total commodity, and I don't want anyone to have it. Uh, I, 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 I'm not so sure. Um, you don't think we'd go back and make a different, different uh, pattern, different change? I, 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 Maybe I not. Hope Maybe so. I'm naive. I hope so. I yeah. hope so. Yeah. I'm not sure I, because also I see. People like things easy and and, and mm, I know and the the, the uh, but luckily there is a large group a growing group of people that are having this discomfort and yeah uh, yeah for us they are potential customers and yeah uh, I yeah. like I think that that's the market yeah that's the market to go after people that are having discomfort and yeah. I'd imagine that you guys are probably doing things to sort of like I hope you're doing things to be sort of like hey are you a little uncomfortable with this. <laughs> Because I also think people maybe do like options, but I do think people are lazy. And if more people, if more people create more options, then you could actually have a choice about what you want to use instead of having everything shoved down your throat. I don't, yeah. I don't like that. I like to have options. Yeah, sure. And and I I know from our uh, market here in the Netherlands that the Dutch people they love choices. Yeah, yeah, they, you guys definitely. And you have also have also have to give people three choices, and they also choose the middle one. Yeah. Oh, really? Is it like scientifically true? They yeah, the it, one? mostly it is. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's probably true. Three choices, and you just pick the one in the middle. Nobody wants the edges. Yeah. Well, that's, what are some of the thing? What are some of the things that you want to achieve in the next couple of years with Freedom Internet? Is there any any changes you're going to make you mentioned you were going into like businesses like medium-sized companies but what do you 
What do you want to happen? Uh, firstly, what I, I think is very important is that the, the company is still in a growing stage. Mm-hmm. So we are not profitable yet because although we are a mission-based company, we want to make profit because then we can invest in uh, good solutions, privacy-friendly yeah. uh, solutions. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we want to innovate. So we we have yeah. to be profitable. We are not there yet. We are getting there. Yeah. So for me as a person, it, I find my my task is first task is getting that the company is profitable, so it's mm-hmm. self-sustainable, so we can yeah. really achieve some impact. Yeah, I like and, that. And make bigger steps. So I think that is for the coming years important. Um, and uh, for now, my horizon is is really there. And make sure that that is there, that the company, and then we have a real base in this country. Yeah. And, uh, is this something that could be taken outside of the Netherlands, like maybe to Belgium, or is this would this be a you would stay in L based? Well, it's funny that you ask because. Uh, <laughs> There are already uh, initiatives from other countries that asked us, can, why can't you do oh, this okay. in our country? Yeah. Um, and we said, yeah, we, we could, uh, but uh, let's first make it yeah, exactly. really let's well working this, in the Netherlands. Let's get this working here and then pull uh, it out. And yeah. it's, it's a part of focus. And we, of course, uh, mm. we, all, we did all crowdfunding, but we still have limited funds. So we can't grow yeah. that excessively yeah. uh, also in the geography. Uh, yeah. in different countries. So we have to be uh, uh, fairly focused to do it here. But uh, maybe giving internet access is very different per country because how in Europe and different countries, the how yeah. the system works can be very and Germany different. has a whole different like totally. thing when it comes to data and customers. It's very totally. complicated. But, but yeah. internet, other internet services that we, we want to work on is possible to expand that to other countries more easily. That's great. And also, it's, it must be really rewarding for you to know that other countries are looking to ask you, hey, can you come do this here? Because, you know, I think you're creating a different model. I mean, you're, you're actually creating this, not a David and Goliath thing, but why can't, why can't companies be profitable and also be, you know, make a positive, sustainable mission impact? Like, why do these things have to be mutually exclusive? I, I don't think they Fair do. Enough. So I think, you know, turning the tide on that, making this big, you know, I did speak to another a Dutch entrepreneur there. He, he's working in sustainability now, and he was saying behavior is so hard to change. Like you have yep. these great ideas and you want to make a product that you can let go and just rent when you need it or just borrow it when you need it. But to change people's consumer behavior, and this, this I think is a really great example of a different behavior change for businesses and, you know, these big technology companies and these telecommunication models um, in terms, it's kind of more human centered, in my opinion, which we've gotten so far away from. Uh, yeah, well, I, I see this as a sort of uh, capitalism 2.0 or something. <laughs> I uh, love that. It, it, you know, where, 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 where it, you change it is, is the, what's in it for me to more mm. what's in it for us yes. as a whole. Yeah, and that that is a different approach. Um, yes, one hundred percent. 
I love that, Anko. I got to tell you, that's probably going to be the name of your episode, Capitalism 2.0. Uh, <laughs> I, but I do, you're doing so, you're working on so many fronts with this. You're, you're building the ISD provider. You're changing sort of the way capitalism is in this market. You're trying to make, you know, privacy-friendly solutions. You're making a mission impact oriented. So that's a lot. You're fighting a lot of fronts there. And I, yeah. oh my God, you know what? I did find the clap. So you're, I just think that's great. I'm going to do this for you. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> took me a minute. It took me a minute. <laughs> I just love this. Sometimes I get so, um, yeah, sometimes big business really gets me down, you know, all the technology, all the data, all the cookies, all the things people are doing. And I, I'll watching a lot of people just being lost in the shuffle. And I, I don't know why we can't, look at things differently and what's in it for me, but what's in it for us? Because collectively, I think we yeah. have to change our behavior as a society. Yeah, because uh, we, uh, we have to, uh, and on the positive side, there's more and more uh, attention for sustainability. Uh, yes. and that, that, and so uh, this is also sustainability, in, but in, a, not in, in another way. You know, just yeah, so, no, it is. It's, it's yeah. com- it still fits in the sustainability category, yeah. Yeah. It's a sustainable business. <laughs> Correctly. So, so uh, yeah, I feel, you know, we, we have to do some things differently and, and, uh, mm. and, and move along to there. And, and that's where I get the inspiration for, uh, from, from how yeah. can I make a company in this model uh, and it works. Yeah. So that, that, yeah. That's the, that's the big challenge. Well, I love it. I love it. And um, I, I appreciate all the time you've given us, but I have to ask you one more question because I sure. ask all my Dutch guests the same question uh, go ahead. and we get so many great answers. Okay, so I think the Dutch have some really yummy food. So what's your favorite Dutch food that you want to share with us? Because we've talked about olibolens, we've talked about bitterballen, last <laughs> night we talked about haring, uh, de Reuter, sprinkled chocolates on your, I mean, do you sprinkle de Reuter on your breakfast food? Sure I do. Okay. What's your favorite sprinkle then? Um, uh, that's the milk chocolate from Fence. Okay. Milk chocolate. When I was there, I ate the dark chocolate. I thought it was great. But is there another Dutch food that we all need to know about that you love or that maybe is not so common? Um, yeah, we're really Dutch food. Uh, I must <laughs> say... Um, what, what Dutch has uh, a lot, the, the Dutch kitchen had a lot of influence from uh, Indonesia. Yes, yes. So uh, the the part from that it's called, and we made a sort of Dutch uh, variety on it, and we call it the rice tafel. Okay. And oh, I, it's a rice table. Yes. With, <laughs> you know, rice table with rice and all little different dishes that you share. I love. And okay. I think that uh, that makes me, and I'm with a lot of red pepper for me. That's, a lot of red pepper for you. Okay. Yeah, I like it spicy. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> so I remember that. That, that would I be remember. my favorite. Okay, right. Uh, you Well, it's a rice tafel, right? Yes. Yeah. It's pretty close, right? Okay, yeah. this is great. And I didn't mean to start this, but I have so many Dutch guests on the show, and somehow inevitably we ended up talking about food. So I just thought, <laughs> well, we'll just keep this end of the Dutch food thing going for a while and see how it works. But um, this is great. I actually made me very hungry for rice tafel. 
It's, it's um, delicious. But not spicy for me, so we'll have to... You have to put red pepper flakes on yours. That's not a problem. We, have, we, we can okay. put it uh, separately and just... Okay, uh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this. And I am going to keep my eye on Freedom Internet. And I um, actually are... But outside of the USA, the, the Netherlands is our second highest listened group. So... Cool. Um, yeah, I know. So we'll, yeah. I'll, I will make sure in my notes to make sure everyone needs to go sign up for Freedom Internet. And... On that note, thank you so much, Anko. Thank you for uh, having me on the show. I, I, I was really honored to be here. So another day goes by and another episode of Tiny Little Victories is over. And every time I finish an interview with a guest, I am really hopped up and excited about the next guest and thinking about all the things that Anko talked about that I can apply to my life every day. And so maybe I'm the only one taking away something from this, but I always feel really elated and hopeful after I talk to these amazing humans out there. And I hope that you do too. Just a little housekeeping today and not too long, but please don't forget to like, share, comment, like, share, comment. I'm trying to make a word phrase out of that, but I can't. So like, share, comment and spread the word. Yeah, we love it. Word is spreading. And actually, um, the podcast prior to this with Sharona Mushar had such a beautiful um, feedback loop from um, the people that have been touched by who she is. So she's quite a remarkable person. You can see that in the comments on LinkedIn, which is really heartwarming to find there are beautiful people out there. So if you haven't listened to Sharona's episode, go get in your way back machine and pull up a chair and have a listen to her insight on life. Next week, we have a very crazy, outgoing mind on the show. Guy Hermitage is going to be here with us. And Guy has actually just published a book on being creative things you can do to jumpstart your creativity. So actually, we're not going to talk about it on the podcast because he forgot to bring it up. But we talk about a lot of other things like art and hacking and AI and what's happening with art and hacking and AI in the world. So stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode of Tiny Little Victories. Mm-hmm.